episode 81 about to drop right now. I have just host two of the moms from our gym to talk about how life is in quarantine, balancing life with their kids, with their work, with their spouses, and all of that good stuff. They share some really good stuff that probably I can't relate to, but a lot of women and a lot of moms can relate to it. And just listening to them, they, you know, it's just like anything else. It's just like another job, maybe even more so since we're all in quarantine, but it's very um, enlightening, if you will. A lot of these guests that we've had on, is, it's just amazing. They've all been great, and they all shed some light on some things that many of us maybe, you know, don't think of or can't really relate to and you sit back and think wow you think that sometimes we have difficult situations and then you start to hear other people's stories all right guys enjoy this one be safe hopefully we'll see you guys soon oh man is penny sleeping she is sleeping. I actually got her down before I coached noon. Okay, that's good. Like that's her normal time to be down for that, which is why I had kind of like taken the noon class because I was like, oh, she'll be asleep. Like, yeah, I am. I, um, I got Anthony to sleep actually a little bit ago too, and then Nick and Cora are upstairs in a fort watching a movie. So, uh-huh. yeah. So, so he's still said, napping a- for you. Well, he just I just started making him nap because like. At night, we've been staying up a little later, and he's been fine. I mean, what else are we going to do? So, yeah, yeah. so he's been napping. The last, like, week, he's been napping, which has been good. So. I was thinking, because Penny's been staying up really late, I've been thinking about cutting our nap. So she'll go to, hopes that's, that's, I, go to bed earlier. It'll, it'll definitely work. I mean, what time is she going to sleep? She, the last three nights, she was up past 9 o'clock. Yeah, yeah. So that's what I had to start doing with Anthony because he would just, and I have to lay with him in order for him to go to sleep. And then I was falling asleep and I wasn't getting anything done. So, um, but now it's like, I don't know, we started watching all the Star Wars movies. Well, we started last night. So we were up pretty late. So I was like, he definitely needs a nap. And I think we're going to try and watch another one tonight. So, I mean, what else are we going to do? Is he in a toddler bed or does he have a full-size bed? No, he's a toddler bed still. That's what we have. I'm like, I'm trying to decide if I want to get her a bigger bed so that then I can just give the, so first of all, I'm comfortable laying down with her <laughs> and second, so we can just give the crib mattress to the baby as opposed to yeah. buying another crib mattress. No, no. Yeah. Um, Anthony wants a big bed, but I sit with him in a rocking chair and then I transfer him into his bed at night. So yeah, cause I can't fit in his bed. So that's what we do. Yeah. I'm like, I figure I have like another, another week or two that I can fit (laughs) okay-ish. Yeah. He said, I told him when he's potty trained, because he wants a big bed, but once he, his potty trained, because I mean, he's three, he's been three since March and he shows no interest. And I was like, then you can have a big boy bed. So that's a good idea. Yeah. But he he doesn't care. He doesn't want any part of it. Yeah. (laughs) (sighs) Sharni, how are you doing? Oh, just peachy. <laughs> just peachy. I have um, a little monkey around the corner that I'm going to have to lock her out of the room so she doesn't disturb. I feel I like I can out. hear her footprints. <laughs> I had to plan out the whole like afternoon so that I could do this. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I put on a movie thinking that would like keep them all busy, but of course my shadow is always with me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
I can't do anything. It's like if I, I last Friday I had to do, take my car to the, uh, to Toyota for like some servicing and it was like an absolute meltdown. No, when are you coming back? I'm like, I'll be gone for an hour. Calm down. See, that's what I'm afraid of. Cause Anthony, I mean, he's been with me for over a month. Like we, I haven't left him for really anything mm -hmm. except I went to the grocery store maybe once or twice. And I'm scared to, I'm scared when he goes back to daycare, he's going to have a meltdown cause he is just attached. So. Well, he'll be one of many. They're going to be having oh, to yeah. deal with it. Everybody's going to have meltdowns. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. Did, did he have a lot of meltdowns at first? Like when you first started, like when quarantine first started? No, always, no, I mean, he's always been pretty good. He will, he's had them at school, but like I'll call and they'll tell me 10 minutes after I leave, he's totally fine. Like Cora, she would melt down for being almost a half a day, sometimes a whole day, like would just have a rough time. So he's not so bad, um, but he's just like everywhere I am. Oh, someone just fell down my shirt. So like he has to, <laughs> what are you doing? I think it's gonna be worse now though, after this. Yeah. I don't know when I'm going to go back to work. I don't know when daycares are going to open. I don't think schools are opening anytime soon. So, yeah. I mean, I'll be home for a while. Yeah, it's, I don't know. I feel like this reading. isn't like sustainable. No, it's not. Stay home. It's like, not. But not, not mentally, not for people's, like, not for people's well-being. No, it's not at all. I mean, um, I, I think it's really hard for like my great aunt, she's 98 years old and I, she can't go anywhere. And she lives, she doesn't live in like a nursing home. She lives in a senior community by herself, but she can't see people or do anything. And it's not even like we can drive and go visit her through a window because she can't see, you know, and it breaks my heart for people that like that, like people need people. And that's the yes. hardest thing. So. I think about that, like how like we used to all live like together, like extended families would live in one home. And so it's like in this situation, if we were living with our parents yeah. and our grandparents or our brothers and sisters, it's like, you would still have that community. Yeah. yeah. Like our sense of community has changed where it's not like the tight knit family anymore. And instead it's otherwise, but I also feel like, I don't know, just our general sense of community has been lost to an extent. Yeah. I just totally like relationships agree. aren't as strong as they were, but I feel like, I don't know. I feel like for me, I feel like this is like strengthening a lot of relationships that I have with people. I'm talking to like friends and family more often. Um, yeah, I, I think I try to, but um, like, so Sunday I went to Adams and it was super difficult to go there because like you were required to wear a mask and nobody looked at you everybody was just like looking down and I would be in an aisle and nobody would go down the aisle and it was like I just wanted to cry I thought it was it was so sad and I just don't know how we I don't know how we'll come back from that at this point it's only been what six weeks and it was it was it was I don't know it was tough but um I am trying to keep like our my friends and I at night on Friday nights we do zooms um, and like with our husbands and everything. So, and it's funny, like my husband said a couple weeks ago, he said to me, he's like, wow, you're spending more time with your friends than you ever have. Cause I would never go out or anything. So I guess that is good. Yeah. It's different. I think, or my hope is that like the connections that we're making now in quarantine will continue when we get past so. this. 
Yeah, I hope so. So, I don't know. It's, I don't know. It's craziness. And you have a totally different perspective, Sharni, because you're at home and you're still working full time. Yes. Is Matt home too, or is he? Yes. So he is working full time. I'm working full time. He's always worked from home unless he's traveling. Um, so he's very used to it. And so the first two weeks he would just like disappear, and, like go in his office and close the door. And meanwhile, like my house is falling apart. There's meltdowns going on. <laughs> so by that second Friday, I'm like, um, we're going to have to have a parent meeting. Like this is not going to fly. I'm working too. I have to make phone calls. I have meetings I have to participate in. Like, I'm sorry, but everybody in the world is working from home right now, unless you're an essential worker. So um, that has helped, but having three kids in school and so do, like essentially working with them and, and making sure they're getting all the apps and all the side apps and, oh, did you do this? Like, it's Friday, so we do this. Like, put it on the freaking Google, whatever classroom like I'm a parent but I've never used Google Classroom I don't know what any of this stuff is mm -hmm. so um it, it's it I always feel like I'm like 10 steps behind and like when I think I have a good day like where I, I okay we got this done we got that done there weren't as many meltdowns then I get an email from the teacher like oh well so-and-so forgot this or so-and-so forgot that I'm like well, fuck me. Okay, then. Yeah. Um, and then also dealing with my, my kids, like my, the kids that I work with, um, because of, you know, the work that I do and dealing with their mental health issues and the parents and the first three weeks that we were working from home, my primary job was connecting families to resources and families to food um, through the district. Like they were, um, the school district is providing two meals a day for all of the kids that want it or the parents that need it. So, you know, communicating, calling, can't get a hold of this parent, this phone number doesn't work. Um, so it's like my head was spinning and I didn't even have time to like, I haven't had time, much time to process what's happening. I'm still like, okay, week three, here we go. <laughs> you know, week four and just, I'm just going and I haven't had time to stop. I think the first time I had time to stop was when my stepfather got diagnosed, um, with COVID and that was like, oh shit, okay. That made everything very real. And he's a very active part in my life and in my kids' lives. Um, mm -hmm. We spent every holiday together, every birthday. Um, he walked me down the aisle when I got married. So he, it, it was a huge reality check. Like this shit is real. And, and mm -hmm. this is, you know, it takes a village to raise a kid. So when that, when this whole thing affected my village, I, I didn't, I was beside myself. I wasn't ready for that. You know, you think, oh, okay, that's other people. They don't wash their hands. They don't, you know, they don't clean their houses or they, they're being, you know, negligent or whatever. And this man got it um, from being in a doc. The funny thing is he's a retired physician and um, he went for his physical uh, St. Patrick's day and everybody in the waiting room was coughing. Mm -hmm. Nobody had masks. There were no precautions. So, you know, doctors are the worst patients. So there he is being a good patient going for his physical and then he ends up getting it. He's recovered. So that's what, um, he is still recovering. He's actually in a rehab center right now, um, getting intensive physical therapy. And he had to have like all types of services because he lost the ability to walk. He had to learn how mm -hmm. to, uh, like all of his fine motor skills. He couldn't even 
like hold his spoon or pick up his spoon. Like he, he was laughing when he told me. So I feel like I can laugh when I say this, but he picked up a spoon for the first time to feed himself. And he like hit himself in the eye. And he's like, Sharni, I never thought that that would happen. You know, I'm 67 years old. That's not supposed to happen. So he had to have two hands to like guide where to put the spoon. So a lot of things that people don't think of, and he was um, completely under, like heavily sedated, like not alert, sleeping for two solid weeks and on the ventilator. And the doctor would give my mom updates and say, well, you know, don't get too hopeful. You know, he's not out of the woods. He has a long road ahead of him. So we were thinking, shit, you know, he's overweight. He's got medical issues. Like he's not going to make it. Yeah. Um, And then he did. So I don't know. It was like one little baby step, baby step, baby step. And now he's, he's supposed to actually be discharged next week. Where will he go to? Um, he'll be going home. He went from the hospital Vassar. He was in, um, isolation there. And now he's at a rehab center, not far from the house in Somers, I think. Oh, okay. But he'll be with somebody when he's home. He won't be. Yeah. My mom is home. So that's, that's the other piece of like this whole isolation. Like my mom wasn't allowed to visit and that was like a reality she then she had to quarantine and she had to go get tested so she was alone so i couldn't even be there for my mother and i can literally in front of my house on my front porch i can see my mother's house from my house so to be able to see it and not do anything other than like leave a bag of food or leave cards from the kids or we could facetime um that was that was really really hard because like i'm very close with my my core family and so not to be able to be there for them was horrible yeah yeah I I feel the same way I haven't had anybody in my close family um be diagnosed with COVID but my uncle kind of unexpectedly passed away two like almost two weeks ago and that was very difficult it's still very difficult because none of our family can be together and my dad was beyond devastated you know it's he lost his sister two years ago and now his brother and they're young um and you know that the whole thing is not being with my family and not being able to do anything has been super difficult um and i mean you can't even gather to have a funeral nothing nothing at all and that's so you know like I don't even know how to, like, we didn't even know how to kind of process everything. And like I said, it happened so unexpected. It wasn't that it was unexpected, but it just, it was, it kind of was unexpected. So, mm-hmm. um, and not being able to be with my mom and my dad and my cousins, um, that was, it was hard to get through. Um, but, you know, we will celebrate his life at some point and yeah. hopefully this will, I don't know, hopefully this will end sooner rather than later. So we can do that. But it's been, it's, it's definitely, it, that was the first reality check for me. Like, wow, this is really, really tough. And this is, um, yeah. So I don't know. And it's tough in a way, in ways that like, uh, I know I personally, I never imagined how difficult, like, oh my God, so people are dying. So we can't Mm -hmm. gather, we can't mourn together. We can't, you know, be together and support our loved ones. And in, when they're going through stuff, um, it, it's been, it's been bananas. Yeah. It really yeah. has been. I think in the podcast with the nurses, like I think Jen was talking about it. That's what was really, that hit me the hardest was like saying how it doesn't matter even if people are in the hospital with COVID 
or um, but they anything that they're there for, they're sick. They can't have anybody there. Like the nurses can't be there with them, and that made that broke my heart just thinking about that. And it's that is what is the saddest thing. And I think that's what overall is going to really affect a lot of people in the long term. Is just the not being with people and not being around people and um, the isolation is going to really, you know, there's, it's going to affect people. Right. Well, and it's also part of like, you know, being a mental health clinician, it's part of of that. Those are signs of depression. So now when we're forced into this pressure cooker of, okay, here are two symptoms of depression where, you know, all of our moods are affected. Um, we can't go out. We can't do the things that bring us joy and bring us happiness. Um, we're not able to be with our friends and loved ones as we would like. So that's that isolation factor. And like, what what else is going to happen for a lot of people? And a lot of people are already prone to depression, already suffering with that. So my concern as a mental health clinician is always like, oh my God, are the number of um, suicides going to go yeah. up? Are the number of um, attempts going to go up? Are people going to do, you know, are, are there enough resources being accessed? Because I know there's a lot of resources out there, but do, are people calling their friends when they're having a day? Are people being um, proactive and communicating and talking to, to their loved ones and their friends and just saying, you know what, I'm having a shit day. I don't feel like talking and like, just leave me be or you know what I need someone to talk to I need a shoulder to cry on like I'm scared yeah um I don't know that people have that vocabulary I don't know if people have that awareness or are people just like oh we'll we'll just see like those positive polys like that's great too but I don't know how realistic that is yeah 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 well my concern too is like I feel like because of the status of like doctor's offices and people losing their jobs and health insurance, like that people are not going to be getting the help that they need because they don't have the coverage or there could be something totally like, you know, something health related else that's going on that they're not going to go to the doctor for because they're afraid to get COVID in the doctor's office. Right. Well, and I think with, with that, like people, for example, who might unfortunately lose their income and therefore lose their medical coverage, they're going to be in a very, you know, high risk place um, as far as, you know, financial, the financial implications are very closely connected to a person's mental health, whether it's closely connected to divorce, it's also closely connected to a person's mental health. When we are mostly, most of us, when we're, when we're successful and we're doing okay, we feel okay. Um, And so when we don't have that, and we don't have the resources, or we don't know that there are resources out there, I think that's really important. Um, I know there's tons of resources, because that's a huge part of what I do is working with um, people who are not eligible for insurance, people who can't get insurance, or people who can't afford insurance, and connecting them to services and programs that are out there. So they are out there, but they're not for undocumented individuals. Um, So that's a whole huge cluster of people that cannot access those services. Um, but they do have programs for those people that like sliding fees and things like that. But it, it, it's just, people are going to be in very different shoes that maybe they had never had to be in. Yeah. So I think it's going to be a huge eye opener. I agree. Um, I think a lot of things are going to be, they're going to change definitely 
moving forward. I mean, they're going to have to put things in place definitely moving forward. <laughs> Schools, um, even for me, for my, for my career and my job, I have no idea at what point when we will be allowed to open. Um, I was reading the standards for Georgia because Georgia apparently, I believe, is going to let salons and barbershops open up today. But the standards that they had to go by were almost impossible to follow. Um, so it'll be, I don't know, it'll be, it's going to be a long time before I think that I can go back to work. And I think that there's definitely going to be a lot of limitations. Um, and those limitations are going to affect us in ways that we're going to be making less money because we're not going to be able to take the same amount of clients that we've had to take, that we were able to accommodate in the past. Um, we're, we're required to change masks every patient or every uh, client that that's at least in Georgia. Um, we have to, they had to make, they have to maintain six feet at all times, unless they're actually servicing the client. Um, clients have to wait in their car until their appointment. They want clients to wash their own hair um, before going in if they're getting haircuts. That's the best I, part of getting your hair I know. I, um, they actually said in there too that they they would like them to wear facial masks. Um, and I was thinking too, they want us to change them. They want them to change the mask every client. But I'm like, I mean, even as a nurse, you're not required to, I, you're not changing it. No, no there's um, not, it's not available. No, exactly. <laughs> um, but also the expense of that for us and, you know, is a lot. They want us to change our smock every client, which I mean, I have two smocks. So, um, uh, I don't know. It's just my boss and I have just kind of been thinking about, what we're going to do moving forward and how we would reopen or when we can reopen. I mean, at this point, we don't think it's going to be till the end of June, but, um, yeah. So, and it, it, for me, I'm very lucky. My husband's still working. He works from home. He's always worked from home. So he has a good work at home, like environment and he's good at it. Um, but you know, my coworkers, they are not getting any income at this point. They weren't approved for unemployment. They're waiting for the PUA assistance to come through and that hasn't happened. Um, so, you know, I, I feel bad. I know that the people in my industry, there's, a, you know, I, I have a lot of groups that I follow and there's so many people that are affected and are, you know, are going through so much and it, they don't have insurance and um, with no income right now and no foreseeable future of when they can start working again. It's, it's definitely scary. Yeah, it's crazy too to think so many of these jobs like are, you know, they're non-essential, but really like in a normal, like they are. Yeah, absolutely. It's just have to get your hair cut. Yeah. You it's know, just people need food. Yeah. And it's, so, you know, even like, I think about like the kid, like the high schoolers and the college, oh, no problem. like a career path. Yeah. And it's like well like shit well now i don't want to do this job because yeah i was going to make a good income but if the world if the government shuts me down and then i have nothing yeah 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 i mean who if you had said this to me three months ago that something like this would have happened i mean i i never would have imagined anything like this but it's so true like people they get their nails done they get their hair done um you know they go for massages they go for facials you know there's tattoo industries that are just their family like you know a husband and a wife own a business and this is their prime time because people are getting their taxes back and now they're failing and uh it's crazy but 
It's also I, one of those things like who's to say what's essential, right? right absolutely. Um, I mean, obviously medical, yes, that's yes, yes. absolutely essential. Groceries, yes. But all these other things, like I think everybody, um, a lot of people have varying definitions of what is essential for them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I know for the gym, that's essential for all of us, right? I, Otherwise yeah. we wouldn't be showing up all the time and making friendships and extending our extended family um, or family as I like to call them. Um, so, you know, we all have our things that we need in order to survive in life. Um, do I need to get my nails done? No, but do I like to for my own mental health and my sanity to treat myself? Yes. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, and for some people, haircuts are like- Or just know, their color, everything. Yes. You know? um, <laughs> People I, are going gray left and right. Oh, and I don't even know what to tell people. Like I have clients reaching out to me all the time and I don't even have answers for them. None of us do. I've even reached out to Redkin and I'm like, am I legally even allowed to mix up color and just drop off to them? Because I don't know what to do. Right. Um, right. But do I you will, just say, don't do anything on your own? <laughs> well, I mean, so actually my boss just like, we all took pictures. That's why I actually have makeup on today. We all took pictures. Um, so she's putting this whole thing together, I guess. Um, I don't know what it's going to look like, but I had to draw a picture of a heart and hold it up. And everybody else had different things they had to say. So I think basically she's just going to post something about, please just wait for us or, you know. <laughs> please. Um, Don't take matters into your own hands. Yes, I mean, there's definitely going to be a lot of, um, like I had a client reach out to me asking me if she could, if she bought a cap, if I, you know, and pulled her hair through a cap and bleached it herself, if I would zoom with her and go over how to do it. First of all, I, I mean, I think when I was 12 years old, my mom pulled my hair through a cap and that's the only time I've ever dealt with that. And second of all, I, I was like, so no, I can't do that. I don't feel comfortable. And I was like, I don't know what products you have. I don't know. I know. This could be, I was like, you should really just, just wait, please just wait. So put, um, put the cap down. Yeah. Walk away from the cap. I've done a zoom. I've done a zoom with a client to help her to cut her bangs. Like I dropped off my school scissors in her mailbox. So she wasn't oh, using kitchen scissors. Yeah. So I've done that, but uh, there's going to be a lot of shaved heads for guys. Um, like I saw that Steve yesterday, he shaved his head, Jess, <laughs> yep. which my is definitely my husband's last week. <laughs> yeah. like, oh my literally God. Here up. <laughs> <laughs> I, what else it already it? needs to be redone. <laughs> wow. Well, yep. see, then it problem <laughs> solved. Yep. Yep. Some money. <laughs> yep. So, but you know, it's funny because Christy said it too. So when this all started, my biggest, the thing that freaked me out the most was like, oh my gosh, the gym, what am I going to do? Um, like I was really, that was really, cause that's like the only thing that keeps me, I think, grounded and sane. Um, and the first, I did the first zoom class, I think that Dave had, and that was, I was very nervous and I did it. I didn't know how I felt about it at first. And then I ran a couple of days after that, instead of doing the classes and I wasn't the same. And now, and now I'm more comfortable doing the classes, but it was hard. Like it's even hard seeing myself on the zoom right now, but, um, <laughs> If I didn't do the classes, I don't know how I would get through my days, especially with, I have, I only have two that are in school right now. I have a toddler, but I have two that are in school um, and doing the, the work with the two of them every morning is, is definitely, um, it's a challenge because they're both young. So I have to sit with both of them. Um, it took me, I, I don't know, I'm finally getting the Google classroom. It took me a while to kind of get it, um, but 
that I, we have our good days and we have our bad days. And this yeah. week has been a rough week because of the weather. I mean, when the weather's good, usually at 12 o'clock, I go outside with them. Like that's their recess right. kind of I'll work out. Um, but the weather this week has been super, it's been tough. There hasn't been much for us to do, but, um, I'm, tomorrow's supposed to be nice. So I'm looking forward to that <laughs> and, get, Thank God. and getting outside. Um, but today, Jess, I'll go downstairs. I'll do the four o'clock in the basement. And, uh, I do have a lot of guilt when I do them and, um, I have to leave the kids upstairs on their tablets and things like that. But it's the only thing that gets me through my day. Like when I don't do it, I, I just don't feel myself. I don't feel right. Mm -hmm. Like I just feel anxiety and, you know, so just for everybody in my family, it's just better for me to make sure I make the time to do that. Yeah. So. You have to have the time for yourself every day, which is hard because it's like one more thing on the to-do list. Yeah, absolutely. And the guilt right. factor too. I mean, it, the guilt is really, you know, sitting them like, like they're up on front and they're, they're on my tablet right now watching a movie, Anthony's sleeping, but then I want to do the four o'clock. So now I'm, I feel guilty about having to try and do the same thing again and go downstairs while they're sitting there, uh, you know, watching movie or doing something on their tablet. But I, I, you know, my husband's always, he's always on, on the phone. He does sales calls all the time, or he um, does a lot of training calls. So they can't be loud. So I have to do that. Um, but it makes me a better person for them at the end of the day. So, yeah, you know, I have to kind of out, you know, outweigh that. So, yeah, I started a couple weeks ago after talking um, to Christina Hoffman in Germany, because I was like, I got to the point where I was like, I don't know that I can do this. I don't know that I can make it through. I was like, she's a few weeks ahead of us. Like she's got a young daughter. How is she getting through? Um, and what she had said is basically like she starts and ends the day like with something small for herself or her family. So like that's the priority and then work or school or whatever would come after that. Um, and so I started doing that. Like in the morning, I put on a cup of coffee, I put the dishes away, fold a load of laundry. And then I'll drink my coffee and listen to a podcast while I'm folding laundry. Um, but it's just like, okay, I already accomplished something for the day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and just, it's made a huge difference in like my stress level. And so then like how I'm interacting with Penny because, okay, I got something done. I did something for myself. Right. I did something for my family. Like whatever else we got to do. We'll get through. Right, right, right. Um, computers and uh, computers and I do not get along at all this is like that's why I'm slowly you know having to use computers every day with the kids has been tough but I'm like oh this is a good thing I'm, I'm getting used to using a computer um but yeah so and I feel bad they're not going to be in Christine's class today but that's okay that's all right they're... have them work out with you later yeah well yeah I, you know what I tried that with Cora it was just you know, she just, she's like on top of me and I feel like, and then I want to like do the best that I can. So you lost um, your me time. Yeah, I did. I did. Kettlebell, um, she's like right there. Um, but they do, they love, I mean, they did Christine's class twice this week and um, I'll try to stretch it out so I can get as many weeks out of the 10 sessions as possible, but they do, they love it. Yeah. Um, so. do, you, do you do stuff with, do you do stuff with Penny? Um, I'll make obstacle courses with her or when I'm training people, she'll just kind of like on her own. Yeah. What people are doing. Um, but if I'm working out and she's with me, it's really just trying to like navigate that she doesn't yeah. walk into a weight or that I don't drop something <laughs> on her. Right. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. So like I've been like I coach classes from her room. Yes. Because it's there's a rug in here and it's the best space as far as me like having enough room and the internet connection being okay. Um, but then I'll I'll work out in here also. So she'll be playing in her room. Oh, it's working right, out. Right, right. Like back and forth, back and forth. Yeah. So she'll be like, mommy, sit, like do this, do that. Like so I'm like playing with her in between. Yeah. Um like on the a Saturday, the team workout, and she's like trying to hand me things, or she's like, sit here, sit here. I'm like, no, like it's my turn right now. Like you have to wait, and then I'll I'll, I'll do that with you. I'm like coloring with her in between sets. Um, but I mean, you know, it's like I've since having her, like since I don't know, since getting pregnant, I've given up on this like trying to reach the be at the top of the leaderboard. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. It just, in this season of life, it's just not not going to happen. And I need to be, like, I've accepted that. Yeah. Um. So it's, okay, I just need to get movement in and whatever it ends up being, it ends up being. Yeah, yeah. So There are certain days I want to be, like, I really want to be up there. And then, like, there's other days that I, like, the other day when you were coaching and I was trying, I was trying to lift the 35 pound to do the push press. I was like, this is not happening that. And then Anthony fell in, like, we call it a swamp. It's not, it's a big puddle in our, in our front yard that Anthony's obsessed with. He fell in it, mud, shoe came off, freaking out. Um, but luckily I did finish the workout. It took me forever, but I did finish it. And that happened like right afterwards. Um, so luckily all of the mishaps with the kids have happened like pretty much at the end of all the workouts. I only had to stop once during them so I, I feel like I'm doing pretty good um that's good yeah I feel like I'm, I'm doing okay I have to say I'm really lucky with Matthew like he always he knows like he knows me we've been together for 20 years like I need my my time and I'm I don't ask for much I ask for one hour so like if the kids are bothering me he knows he's gonna get the wrath of the Bronx it's gonna just come out so he's really good about like curbing kittens and like keeping them upstairs if I'm in the basement or I'll just go outside and he'll just keep them busy or he'll take them on a bike ride if it's a nice day um, and, and that kind of thing. But oh my gosh, I, I could care less where I fall on the leaderboard. <laughs> I have the complete opposite. Like, but leave me, I want to, I, my goal every time is just to do it to my best. I'm not competing with anybody else. That's why I took off like the whole thing where everybody can see my score nobody really should be looking at my score like worry about your own score that's my opinion and and so what if I sucked and I'm the last one like I will solidly hold that place because my goal is not to do anything other than to do the workout and to yeah. and to have that me time so I don't need anybody looking at me staring me down like oh she's still doing push-ups yes I'll still be doing push-ups okay clean up your weights like don't fucking look at me <laughs> wait <laughs> complete opposite of that competitive like like I care how like I want to do it but I don't care how I do in comparison to other people that yeah. is not a thought in my head I I do I push myself like I I don't want to be super competitive but in my own head I am so, so I mean but I'm definitely like there are days I just know I'm not like lifting heavy heavy weights is not easy for me so I always know that those are going to be workouts that I'm not going to my time isn't going to be up there um, but I, I'm happy if I can get through it. Like I really thought just that day, 
I thought I was going to do that 35 pound kettlebell through the whole thing. I really did. So I was upset with myself, but you know what? I wasn't, it was what it was. So I did it and I completed it and I was happy. Um, I was super sore from the couple days before. Um, but I, you know, I am, I am competitive, unfortunately in my head. So I do tend to look at where I'm falling. Um, but at the same time, like I, um, you know, I, I just, I do, I want to get, I want to get the best work and workout in as possible. So that's, that's really right. the most important thing to me. That's right. more than anything Being active. Yeah. I mean, I know a lot of my friends outside of CrossFit, they're like, Oh my God, you do that. Like they're just in such amazement and they look at me like, and I'm like, if you only saw me in the class, like I'm the last one to finish, but thanks for that vote of confidence thinking that I'm this badass. I mean, I yeah. feel like a badass because I show up even though I'm always like the last to finish. But again, that's not, that's not even a thought in my head. Like I just go to, to go and do what I need to do and take care of my body and preserve what my mommy and daddy. Absolutely. And I would like to age the way my parents have aged. Like my parents do not look like my, my mom does not look like she's 67. My father, my biological father does not look like he's 72. Yeah. And I hope that I don't look my age now, let alone when I'm their age, you know? So that's like my goal. And also the mental health piece and just yeah. going through life and stressors and all that. Yeah. I, I mean, for me, the same thing, like the mental health aspect of it, even when this all first started, my husband, he, he's not like big into working out so he doesn't quite understand and he thinks it's like an obsession for me um so he was like could we just not work out for a little bit while this is going on and when he said it the anxiety inside of me was so bad but I think now he sees too like he makes fun of me because he sees me running up and down the driveway and running around the house he's like oh my god can't you just go in the backyard I was like no but he he jokes around with me too and same thing with my friends my friends are like they think I don't know. They, I don't even know. They, they, you know, they're just like, wow, you're so strong. And sometimes I'm the butt of everybody's joke. Um, but at the same time, like, I know that it's that way because they're a little intimidated by what I do. And I always try to say to them, listen, like you guys can do it too. Like you don't have, you know, they're like, wow, you have such motivation. You're this, you're that. But same thing. Like, I just want to take care of myself and be the best that I can be and be strong and, um, healthy. And so, yeah, so that's, I, I try to explain that. Exactly. I mean, initially I know I went, my husband actually got me into it because he started two weeks before me. And initially I was like, Oh, I'm, I was overweight. I was like 30 pounds heavier and I just wasn't happy not doing anything. And I kept saying, I'll go to the gym next week. And that never happened. And um, after I had my my younger son, Ennis, I, I mean, when I was pregnant with him, I was enormous, like a fucking beluga whale. Like, you see those pictures? And you know, like, my nose was, like, three inches wide. It was just huge. <laughs> my tits were huge. Like, everything was just huge. So um, after I had him, I kept on a lot of the weight that I didn't have as a problem when I had my first son. And so... Um, I was like, something's got to give. So I, I was really dedicated. I pushed for a year and then my brother got married and I was able to lose, I think I lost, lost like 40 pounds. I was like, yes. And then I fell off the wagon, went back to old eating habits, wasn't taking care of myself because I was all excited and I felt like I had to keep rewarding myself for the weight loss. Like, I don't know how that makes any sense. Right, right. Um, and then um, my husband told me about this CrossFit thing and I, I told him, I was like, 
if I have anybody, because I'm, I'm from the Bronx, born and raised, I was like, if somebody's in my face screaming at me, I swear to God, I'm going to punch them. Like, I don't want that shit. Don't be screaming at me, because I'm going to scream back, and we're going to throw hands. <laughs> Just try it. You got to try it. So I went, and then I was like, wow, okay. And then I just, I couldn't believe what I was able to do. And I would never have, like, I never thought of myself as a strong person. Um, I never saw myself as athletic in any way, shape, or form. Um, So this was terrifying. And you go in and you see these amazing looking people. My jaw was just like, okay, I don't want to go back. (laughs) But I did. I guess I'm a blessing for punishment. And then I just, and, and so at first it was like to lose weight and, but then it became more about feeling good about myself and like, not just look on the outside. Cause I think as women, we tend to be more critical of how we look on the outside and we're never, I don't know anybody that's a hundred percent happy, even when everybody around them is like, oh my God, you have the perfect body, you know, um, so to be able to, to do something for myself. That's all that, that's what I keep coming back for, to be able take care of myself to have that to feel good okay you know my ass may look this way my tits may not be whatever my waist is not as tight as I want it to be whatever no, nothing is going to be exactly how I want it so I just want to do my little part and say okay at least I could put my head to my pillow at night and, and know that I did what I could for today control what you can exactly. yeah let the rest of it go yeah exactly yeah I mean, I, I pulled in the first day and my hands were on my steering wheel. I was shaking so bad. I was so scared. I had been going, like, I always went to the gym and I, I always liked classes and like the classes that I had been taking, it just got to the point where like, they were so gossipy and there wasn't a challenge anymore. Um, but I always thought of CrossFit, like I'm never doing that. Everybody gets hurt doing CrossFit. Like that was my mentality. Um, and I pulled in and Dave was I don't, I think Turbo was coaching, but Dave was there like kind of with me, just watching me. And I was, I don't know. I just, the first day and we were doing, um, well, we were doing back squats and I'd never really done anything like that. And I loved it. And I was like, yeah, I'm definitely, I'm, I will definitely keep coming back. It was definitely the challenge I was looking for, but not only that, the people that I met there, like mm-hmm. I became friends with, um, that's huge too. Like Sherry yesterday came over and dropped off munchkins for my kids mm-hmm. and, um, which was so nice of her. And, you know, just like Christine who lives kind of right down the street from me, like Rita, I'll call and touch base with, and just seeing everybody, um, you know, it's, I don't know, that's like, that gets me through my days too. So, um, mm-hmm. just the people, like I wasn't expecting that at all when I went. I agree. So. I was not expecting any of the like lifelong friendships that I've had there. And it's a second family. It's a second home. I tell my, I have a, a work wife and she's like my best friend at work. And we talk about my day. She's like, I feel like I need that. I'm like, well, come. Yeah. I know I'm always pushing it at work too. And they're like, no, Alicia, no, but they're all at work too. They always are doing these crazy diets where they're ordering these foods that come in these packages or they come in bags and um like I just I'm like guys come on just like come try some try it with me or um or even just like my friends will try these crazy diets but then when they go back to normal life it doesn't work for them yeah Um, but I'm like you don't even have to do CrossFit you could do anything to just like move your body and do just do something right right you feel good yeah exactly you gotta change your whole lifestyle you can't just 
change something for a little while and expect the results to stay because it's not going to happen. So no, no. And as, especially as a mom, I think it's, it's really easy to like sit on the sidelines and watch your kids. Oh, go for a bike ride. Okay. We're going to, no, I get on my, I hate bike riding. I just, I don't find I it. I hate it too. It's the worst. Oh, it's so, I, I feel like my ass just is just not like modified for, I don't know what, what it is. But anyway, the other day I went for a nice walk on the rail trail with Rachel. It was like a four mile walk or something. It was like a 5k, whatever. And then we come back and the kids are like, mommy, can we go for a bike ride? I'm like, sure, let's go. And I went with them. Like yeah. they took the boys, they wanted to go to um, East Fishkill Rec Center. I took them and I jumped on my blades. They wanted to go on their scooters or their whatever. I jumped on my rollerblades. Like I try to be as active with them as I can um, so that they're not only, you know, and not just for my boys, but my daughter. I don't want my daughter growing up and thinking that mom does nothing all day, you know, especially now, like we're home all day. So it looks like we're doing nothing. Um, I want her to be active and she's so cute. She'll take the little tiny weights. Mommy, look, I'm doing CrossFit. <laughs> Everything with the weight is I'm doing CrossFit. So I'm modeling to her, you know, an example that I didn't have growing up at all. Um, and, and I think the role that I have in my household as a mom, is beyond important and and I don't like I never realized the impact I'm having on them like I'm teaching my boys how to cook and clean up after themselves because in my culture where the way I was raised the men do nothing and the women do everything and and the, the moms never complain either they're never tired they're never exhausted there's no honey can you help me with xyz no the woman does the accepted role yeah. yeah, that's just the role. So that was what I grew up with. So when I started growing up and I would ask my mom, um, why are you doing all this stuff? And, you know, Kiko, my stepfather, he's just sitting on his ass. Like, that doesn't seem fair. You both worked a full day. How does that make sense? So I'm, I'm really conscious about the example and the model that I am as a mother and as a woman to not only my daughter, but my sons and also my husband. Like, there's no way in hell that you're going to be sitting here and I'm going to be doing everything. That's, that's just not a partnership. I'm sorry. I can't have that. Yeah. Um, I think the same thing with the modeling for my kids too. I, I, I'm, I am, my mom always did like home workouts. So I always did watch her. Um, but I, especially for my daughter as well, I want her to know, you know, that you don't have to be, and I've said this before, like you don't have to be super skinny, but you need, you know, you need to take care of yourself. You, you know, being strong is important. Um, but the same thing, like even like in a, when it comes to the school and stuff, I see people posting about, you know, like, Oh, I just don't, this is so hard. I don't want to do this. And it is like, that's how I feel every day with trying to teach my kids, but I have to try and keep it in perspective that this is not their fault that I'm right. going through this. And in my mind, I don't want to do this. And I have to keep it together and I have to do it for them and get through it because it's not fair to them if I'm freaking out and losing my mind. Um, so I do. Then I, they're going to do that. If no, they, absolutely. you're under that stress and yeah. pressure, they're, that's how they're going to respond. Yes. And but it's um, totally okay to freak out also. Absolutely. I, I, oh, believe absolutely. me. Absolutely. We've definitely had our, <laughs> our freakouts, that's for sure. But I mean, then I think I'm like, like yesterday, I was just thinking about this because I do, I feel, I feel really bad for my daughter. She's in kindergarten and, you know, she's like in the, she's really starting to learn to read and Nicholas is in third grade and he has, I mean, he, his 
his Google Classroom stuff is like the you have to go onto this website and put this code in and then go into this one and put this code in. And I can't keep them straight. And I feel like I spend half the time just doing that and or reaching out to the teacher because I don't know where I put this password in for him. Um, and then by the time I get to Cora, I'm I'm just I'm so exhausted. I'm tired. Yeah, I'm tired. I'm very tired. And so I'm trying to like balance things out between the two of them, um, especially her too. And then I, with Anthony, I mean that he's my biggest struggle as well because he is three years old, and I I don't I feel like he just sits kind of waiting for everybody to be finished with everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you said, sometimes I'm taking it an hour at a time and just trying to get through each hour. Uh, you know, and I've never looked more forward to a weekend ever. I know. <laughs> it's Friday. <laughs> and it's only because then we don't have school and work. That's, that's exactly oh why. Oh my God. Like weekends, I'm like, oh, there's no school tomorrow. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Thank you. I've never, um, ever, ever looked so forward. I was so like, I'm like, oh my God, it's Friday today. Thank goodness. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah. I am thinking. You know what's funny? What what um you both are saying about how like being a mom, we have this expectation, and I don't know if it's like I know I'm not alone in this, but we we have this expectation that mom is supposed to, moms are supposed to be tough and we're supposed to have it all together. And these moments when our kids are having these, you know, these these little meltdowns or these frustrations that come up that they bubble up, you know, and and, and life stressors that have happened and you know, throughout all this stuff with my stepfather being sick and everything that's been going on, you know, I, I heard a lot of, well, just be strong for the kids and be strong for the kids. But, you know, I'm human and I don't want my kids to grow up not having a model of how to react to a stressful situation. Like if I'm pan-faced and not showing emotion, those are traits of a psychopath. Yeah. Not raise a psychopath. You're, you're yeah. You <laughs> yeah, are right. The DSM-5. Um, like reading and podcast listening about like parenting and tantrums and like so from the start I've always embraced the tantrum that like stressed and it's the only way that she knows how to express that stress and so like I'll just sit with her and say like I'm right here I like I'm I hear you I'm listening Um, like I know you're sad I know you're angry it's okay we're going to cry it out. I'm here. I, I love you. You know, you give all those reassuring comments. And yeah. sometimes, like, listen, I am so guilty. I will drop an F-bomb like it's nobody's business. They know, okay, mommy's pissed and she needs a break. Yeah. <laughs> they yeah. need to be able, because they're not going to grow up in a world that's just existing with mommy, daddy, and their brothers and sisters. Making they're, everything perfect for them every step exactly. along. Exactly. They're going to grow up with volatile. They're going to be in, involved with all kinds of people who did not grow up in a healthy background and they have to be able to sort of read that and know how to, how to balance their own emotional and like, I guess, regulate their own emotions in contrast mm-hmm. to that stuff. Yeah. The other yeah. thing I do is when I do, like when I melt down or I flip out and usually it's like yelling Daily at for me, um, <laughs> that I like afterward, like I, once I realize, like I apologize to her for yes. it. Like, yeah. I'm sorry. Like I, I wasn't you. Yes. You know, mommy's stressed out too. Like, yeah. And that's how I took that it. So many times we'll talk about it. And, I, and I've done that with the boys because they're a little bit older. My boys are 12 and a half and almost 11. And so I'll say, I'm really sorry. I shouldn't have done that. You know, and this is after my meltdown of tears. I'm so sorry. And then I'm like, oh my God, am I creating a, a cycle of violence? You know, emotional abuse. 
because I'm, I'm because of the work that I do, I'm like hypersensitive to yeah. that these moments have. I think talking about what happened, what was the trigger, what went wrong, and what can we do better next time, you know, and making that like as a goal. Not to say that every single time we're going to be these, you know, perfect little people and we're going to use our insight voice. No, that doesn't always happen. Sometimes I need you to pick up the fucking basket when I ask you to pick up the fucking basket. <laughs> yeah, but I, I think too, like our meltdowns are also teaching moments for them, you know, for them to learn how to be compassionate towards yes. other people who are having meltdowns and whether that's another kid in their class, like, well, you just took the toy out of his hands. Like, well, yeah, he's upset. If, you know, it was you, you would be upset too. Right. Um, you know, and how to handle other people's emotions and not just their own, because that's what you have to deal with. I think it helps to develop empathy, feelings of sympathy, um, gratitude, um, understanding, kindness, all of those things that are like social emotional skills that I think are really lacking in a lot of people. Um, like, especially now with these, you know, so many kids that are glued to devices, mm -hmm. um, like the teenagers, I would say they've, they've been raised with this. So now we're getting back to, oh my God, but like people are losing that human touch. So how do we get them back to that? And it's like, we have to like identify these skills, these social skills that we just grew up doing. We didn't have a name for it. We just like, we were nice to Susie because she wasn't an, you know, she wasn't, um, she wasn't a jerk. She was nice. She shared or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I think that this, it, I struggle, I struggle too with the, the tablets and everything. And I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, I feel like our generation of kids are the first generations that's fully growing up on phones yeah. and tablets. And, um, but that's also the, how that's like reality right now too. Um, but my friends make fun of me too. Cause they say that I'm kind of like a Nazi with it. Like ridiculous. My oldest, anytime he does anything wrong, the first thing that I'm like, that's it your switch is gone for today. It's gone for tomorrow. Cause I, it scares me the whole, all of that, like the not, I don't know, all the, the, the technology and everything definitely scares me. And I want my children to definitely have empathy and understand different personalities and people. And like you said, when somebody's having a meltdown, um, that they can be able to say, you know, step back and be like, what's going on with them. Maybe things aren't so easy for them at home, like things like that, that, um, but yeah, so. But you know, with the consequences with the kids, you have to get them where it's going to hurt. And oh, yeah, that's the only know, thing. That doesn't work at a certain age. Or, oh, go to your room. Well, all my toys are in my room. Brilliant job, mom. <laughs> you know, a consequence. So you have to give them something that they're going to feel. And it has to be immediate. So yeah. Work. So they could, you know, the goal is to try to learn their lesson. Yeah, yeah. I think, too, and I'm sure it's different with an older kid, but with the younger kids, I find. Sometimes you just do something just to trigger the meltdown. Mm -hmm. So like the emotions and the stress all come out. So then she can move past it. Like I'll send her to her room because the only way that she'll start crying sometimes. And then she's, then she's fine. Then she's all better. <laughs> right. Or when she needs it, when they need a nap, when they're at that age, yeah. they need a nap. It's just like, oh my God, for the love of Jesus, please go sleep. <laughs> and sometimes they'll just fall asleep after crying it's <laughs> yesterday Cora's six my oldest I mean my middle is six and she was having a very rough afternoon and she was in her room and I went in to check on her and she was out cold Anthony was napping it was yeah and she hasn't napped in a long but she needed it she was just yeah. she, 
that was it. She just needed to take a nap. I needed her to take a nap. So I was so thankful. I walked in there and she was sleeping. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's no right way. There's no easy way. No. One way. I think that's something that I learned in all these years of being a, a working mom. Yeah, I mean, and they all, but all your kids too, they're so, they all, I'm sure, have very different personalities. Mine yes, are so do. different. So, so different. And they all like, they all have their own like abilities and strengths too. And it's like, I, I love to see how different they are, but they like, they have, they are having the time of their lives. When they're not fighting, they're keeping each other busy. I agree, yeah. Creative. Um, they're, they're, they're wonderful. And it's so funny. Cause I'm always like, Oh my God, please don't let my kids be those kids when we're out in public. Like if I have to scoop up my kid in Walmart one more time in my armpit and walk <laughs> cart full of food, like I'm that mom, I'll do it. I've done it before. So I'm always like, Oh my God, I'm so embarrassed. And then I get hot. Like, That's what happens to me, red. <laughs> but like every time I go out, people are like, your kids are so well-mannered. You, you must, you're doing such a great job. And I look at them like, are you talking to the right <laughs> Are you sure? But it validates it because I'm always doubting myself. As yeah. I'm always like, I'm too this, I'm too that. I'm, you know, I'm too critical of my, my, my mom skills. And I don't give myself a pass sometimes. And I, I, I'm very, very hard on myself. And I'm hard on my kids too. I will admit that. I'm very hard on them. But be, it's because I don't want to write, write three assholes. The world is enough assholes. I don't right. want to contribute to that. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Some of that validation comes too to that like loss of community that we were talking mm -hmm. about in the beginning. It's like because like we feel like it's all on us. Yes. Oh yeah, absolutely. Nobody else is helping. Nobody else is raising yeah. them. So it's are we doing? Are we making the right choices? Are we yeah. doing the right thing? You don't have your also mom. Also, too, for other moms, I feel like I have been in situations where I have felt shamed by other moms. Um, not men. Never felt this way with, with men out in public or dads. But, like, I remember one time we were at the pumpkin patch, and Ennis was, like, maybe 12 months old, and, you know, he urinated right through his diaper, and it was, like, everywhere. And this grandmother, like, gave me this fucking look I will never forget and I'm just like lady like what the fuck he peed like what am I supposed to do but I felt so I wasn't even embarrassed I was just like <gasps> like oh my god I've never felt so judged in my life and that's always been even from like when I first had Maliki and people would he's much my husband's Irish so he's much as a, in, as a newborn he was very very fair and me being as dark as I am People are like, oh my God, he's a beautiful baby. Is he yours? Like, who else's baby am I going to be nursing? <laughs> Why would I have him attached to me? Makes sense. And it's always women and it's always moms. So having that judgment and that constant, like, you know, when we're in public, it's like, oh shit, please don't, please, please let's just in and out. That's all my vibe, in and out. <laughs> yeah. Contact with anybody. I definitely have a lot more empathy towards moms than, you know, now that I have my own, I, you know, I see kids having meltdowns, freaking out in the store. And I just want to be like, I feel your pain. I know. I'm right there. I understand. It's okay. Just <laughs> get out. Just go. <laughs> <laughs> You're not alone. Um, oh God. Yeah. It's definitely, uh, 
I mean, Jess, you'll see when you have your, when you have your second, it's going to be, it's totally different. And this baby will probably be completely different than Penny. Like meltdowns could be at the same time. Different. Yeah. Yeah, it's I'm starting to get nervous about it no do you know if you're having a boy or a girl or are you don't know I'm having the ultrasound on Monday Ooh, that's exciting I'm still undecided I kind of want the surprise like a birth surprise yes oh my god it doesn't to me I'm like it's a surprise whether you exactly. find out in two weeks or if you find out when they're born you're just more prepared so that's exactly. what my husband says my husband will be like well it'll be a surprise when we find out <laughs> that's how I felt too. I don't know. I think it would be different if he could come with me. Like we found out for Penny and he came with me and we had a whole date night. It was like cute. Aww. But I'm like, it's not gonna be like that this time. I have to go by myself. Yeah. Oh so, see my maybe husband. they could give you the results in the envelope and you can yeah. open together if you decide. That's what I think I'm gonna do. Yeah, there you go. So do you feel differently this time around? It's been a totally different experience like yeah just way different i mean it's different because you you're not you don't get to relax or do the thing like you can't right. really like take a lot of time for yourself you have penny to take care of so it is completely different um but i don't i don't know that i feel like one way or the other i never did either i always i never I did either i had convinced yeah. myself that penny was a boy i think more <laughs> so just so like i wouldn't be disappointed either way yeah um, and I feel like I've kind of done the same thing this time around. Like I started referring to it, like him as like he and him, oh. but you, I really have no idea. Yeah. I didn't know either. My husband, he guessed all three of them, but me, I had no, I didn't know at all. And I felt, I felt the charts. It's a girl. What? According to all the charts, the like Chinese uh. and stuff, it's a girl. So I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> That's pretty funny. I never thought I would have a girl, so I was pretty excited when I found out I was having a girl. So I was happy. I had my boy and my girl, and I didn't, whatever Anthony was, I was fine with. So yeah, but she's my toughest one. Yes. Oh my god, <laughs> my daughter. She's so cute, and she like I feel like okay, she looks like a little angel. She's a fucking savage. Oh, like, Cora, tell you, and I I admire her for it because she has yes. patience. She and she's not trying to be mean, and now she's incorporated in that that in her vocabulary. She's like, I'm not trying to be mean, but hit you with the truth bomb, and it's like, <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, let me cover. My God, strong-willed, very strong, very strong-willed, and yeah. I'd rather her be that than like meek and like, all right, a yes person, and just go along with whatever everybody says. I don't want, I don't want to raise young young woman like that. I want a strong. Yeah. I want a Charney 2.0. <laughs> no, we're both very stubborn, and she is equally, if not more, stubborn. Oh, boy. <laughs> so maybe maybe baby number two will be super easygoing and just like, eh. Maybe. <laughs> Ennis is very easygoing. Him being my second boy, he was, like, Maliki was always very impulsive, like, would just like overconfident, like, oh, I got this. And then would like bonk his head and like split his face or something. And this is like, I'm going to watch him do it. And then if he gets hurt, <laughs> I do that. <laughs> That's probably not a good idea. Yeah. He's always no. been very passive, very laid back. His teachers think he doesn't care. I'm like, no, that's how he's always been. 
he's just very mellow. So when he gets fired up about something, you know it's something important, you know? Yeah. Cora, she is definitely my spitfire. And she, and like you said too, like, I'm grateful because I was always at like, yes, okay, uh, whatever you want, sure, I'll do this, mm -hmm. you know? And she's not like that. And sometimes I want to like kill her, but most of the time I'm so grateful she's not how I was. So yes. she's so strong-willed. And she like will totally be beating people up on the bus for her older brother and for her younger brother. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's how Cora's going to be. Yep. She's not going to take any shit. Nope, not from anybody. She's so funny. So That's good. Yeah. But so Penny's gonna, probably going to be the best, best sister ever. I think she will be. She's, is she excited? Uh, she doesn't understand yet. Yeah. Like, yeah. we'll ask her. It's become this, like, game. We'll be like, do you want a baby sister or a baby brother? And she'll say, she'll always say whatever you say second. <laughs> like, do you want a baby brother or do you want a puppy? <laughs> That's cute. And so it's just, it's just fun. She had, oh, the other day I asked her, I said, what should we name the baby? And she said, white, which is the <laughs> name that like when we were pregnant with her, it's like my husband's like great grandfather's name that he decided that if it was a boy, like it needed to be, a boy needed to be named white. And I'm like, absolutely not. <laughs> so she said that the other day, I was like, no. Oh my God. <laughs> That's funny. That's, you know, it's so funny, Jess, you say that because if you do that with Anthony, like not so much now, but when he was a little bit younger, if you asked him something and you're like, oh, do you want red or do you want blue? And he would always say the second one too. And if you said, do you want blue or do you want red? He would say red. Always the same thing. We do the same exact thing. Like my husband would always be messing with him because that's, that's how he was too. It's got to like, be something where like they don't fully understand yeah, yeah, yeah. yet. Yeah. Well, it's, it's a, it, they're processing it slowly. Yeah. They're just going to latch on to the last thing they heard. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever's the easiest answer. Done. Yeah. Uh, Jess, when are you due? September. Okay. Okay. Yeah. September so what? Get, September 14th. Oh, fun. Yeah. We're going to get cut off in another three minutes. So, oh, shit. And I got to call a parent. Eek! Yeah. So I want to finish up. We're supposed to do a member shout out. Oh. Oh. Do we have to like unanimously agree on? No, no, no. We can all have our own member shout out. Oh, mother lover! I feel so like out of the loop. Okay. I know it's Thank a lot you. of pressure. Alicia, you go first. <laughs> You've um, been more consistent with the zooming. <laughs> um, I mean, I think there's so many people that are doing so amazing, but like Lauren, she's always. I feel like she's the on every single day. Um. And like, she's always doing so amazing. And um, when I look at my numbers, I'm always like, I'm like, oh, you know, I'm always like close. I'm always trying to be close to Lauren because she's so amazing. Hashtag and, goals. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so, I mean, I guess Lauren and Christy and Bri I mean, there's so many people. I, I like admire everybody. So, um, but I think, yeah. So I guess Lauren and Christy and Rita, um, Sherry and Christine. I just, everybody, I love everybody. <laughs> But um, Lauren's always at 6 a.m. I don't know how you do it at 6 a.m. I've been trying to get up and oh I cannot God. do it. I like, wouldn't have friends if I had to do that. <laughs> like, I'm just not a people person. Even my kids don't have to talk to me that early. Um, okay, so member shout out. Do I have to pick one person? No. Apparently not, because I didn't. <laughs> um, so I'm going to give a shout out to all the moms. Oh, yes. Our 
working and dealing with school with their kids. And I'm not talking about high school kids because high school kids, they can manage their own. I'm talking about like, say sixth grade and under. Um, so elementary level moms who are working and dealing with everything and managing to try to be, or trying to be consistent with working out. That's my shout out. I like oh, it. I do too. Definitely. I'm going to give my shout out to Beth Rizzi today. She has done an awesome job of pulling people into class um, and getting people to do the workouts and join in with the group that have been kind of having a hard time with Zoom and getting it in. Yeah. That's my shout out. Yep. Shout out to everybody. What is that called? Like raise the roof? Yeah, raise the roof. <laughs> it's like an air high five. <laughs> uh, all right, guys. All right, ladies, it's been fun. I want to take a quick pick before we. Uh, oh. oh, I love my picks with my big four. God, it's lighting. What else? I don't even care. Are you going to say when you're doing it? Oh, I just took a bunch. Oh. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> All right, I got a good one. I got a good one. Good. Bye, guys. Bye. 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 Hi, honey. What's up? <laughs>